So hello and welcome to this week's episode of Prep to Pivot. This is your host Ruchira and today we will be delving deep into the very psyche of choosing one's career. Confusion about one's career can be broadly defined into two parts. We are either not sure of what our strengths are or we don't know how to map our skills to find the job we're best suited for. And if you're standing at the crossroads right now, wondering which career to choose, how to choose, and if you're even capable of making that choice, then listen to the end of this podcast because whatever your dilemma is about, we have an expert guest to help you not just make the right choice, but the best choice for you. In his own words, Dushyant has the imagination to compensate for what he is not and a sense of humor to console for what he is. He believes that the small things in life are great teachers and believes strongly in helping others help themselves in learning new things. Dushyant happens to be a metallurgical engineer from NIT Raukella. He completed his PG diploma in rural management from IRMA. Apart from having held leadership roles in financial services industry, he has been a co-founder of two failed startups over the last five years. The first one helped talent meet opportunity in sports, and the second one allowed users to listen to audio stories of places around them on Google Maps. He then founded Unlearn.cool, where he is currently helping BrightSparks unlearn and prepare to make an impact. He also helps his 13-year-old girl run a non-profit organization that she set up called Letters for Change. He's an avid driver who has completed the Golden Quadrilateral Drive. He has driven on some of the most treacherous roads in the Himalayas. Dushyant has also driven to Khardungla, one of the highest motorable roads in the world. He is a student of history and culture, a co-traveler with his two daughters in their quest for discovering the world. Thank you so much for coming to the show today, Dushyant. Thank you so much, Ruchira, for having me. I am so excited and I must say I am nervous as well. <laughs> I hope that's the good kind of nervous. So um, let's start by sort of revisiting your professional journey. If you could walk us through that and explain the why and the how you knew when to pivot at different junctures in your journey. Okay, so... You know, there's this very common thing nowadays that uh, engineering karlo zindagi ban jayegi. So I belong to that generation which started this. Right. Now, we were the first ones who pursued engineering as a career and then went on to do our master's in business management. Different kinds of, so I pursued rural management, people went on to do their PGDDM or uh, uh, whatever courses. And that was a time most of the uh, well-known, now well-known, MBA institutes were starting. So if you look at four school of management or uh, Willinker, IC, ISB as well. So that was the time these institutes were because India had just opened up its economy. Right. So we did not have the privilege of having any mentors. We did not have the privilege of having anybody who's walked the path before us. So I completed my engineering and joined a metallurgical engineering company. After working for one year, I realized that this is not what I wanted to do. So it was more by elimination than by choice that I started choosing. So usual stuff, everybody was asked, writing, you know, CAT and other exams. I also took one of them, uh, maybe a couple of them and got through one. Survived the rigors of uh, Irma for two years. Uh, got placed with National Dairy Development Board. It's a semi-government organization. And back then when I joined it in 1999, it was considered a dream job. Sarkari Nokri, you know, you can imagine. Right. 
an entire house to myself in Mumbai and a walk to the office. We didn't have to take the local train. Life couldn't get better. And I, I worked. I worked there. I had all the energy and life was happening. We were four of us who had joined in the Mumbai office and we were doing everything we could to make that place a better place. What I realized is government organizations tend to work slow or semi-government organizations, you know, large systems basically tend to work slow, not because they are slow, but because the decisions they take impact millions of lives for decades. So it took me a while to understand at that age that uh, to adjust to the pace of the organization, it's not that people are sluggish, it's that people are wise. So every time I would want to walk faster or do something quickly, they would slow me down and say that, what would the impact be after five years? What would the impact be after 10 years? And I said, Mother, who cares what happens after 10 years? I'll leave this job and go somewhere else. <laughs> so that stint made me wise and made me believe in that whatever I'm doing today is creating a legacy. Then I got lucky and I got a chance to be a founding member of the ICICI Prudential Life Insurance Team. This journey was exciting. This journey was exciting because they were working at a breakneck speed. They were, you know, making mistakes every day and growing very fast. So that was, that was interesting. I joined in the sales team and gradually went on to become a business manager, headed a business, set up a business for them. Then I got a chance to become a part of another life insurance company, a second wave life insurance company. The idea to join them was that, can I, can I make newer mistakes and start a business all over again? This time I realized that, and this was a first for me, that how important vision is. So I joined a company without understanding their vision, what they want to do. Okay. And after spending about 14 months, I realized I was wasting my time and they were wasting their money. Okay. So this was not a place to continue. I opted out. I was, uh, I was jobless, as they say. Uh, I wouldn't call I was in a sabbatical or something, you know, a fancy word for that. <laughs> I was jobless, <laughs> sitting at home, spending time with my daughters. Then I joined another company, another life insurance company. And because this is what I knew. And I thought that this is what I can do. So I continued to look in the same domain. Right. I got lucky. I got into another life insurance company as a business head again. And this time I had a new learning. The learning was culture matters. So it's not just the people that you work with, it's the culture which flows from the top, gives you the, gives you the freedom, the energy, the, the conditions, the environment that you work in. And if that doesn't align with your personal aspirations and the way you want to work, the person you are, the individual you are, then it can be very, very suffocating. So here again, I opted out after some time. And I realized this was a huge mistake. And this was happening because, you know, one mistake after the other was happening because I had nobody to guide me. So there were no people above me who would guide because they themselves were struggling. They themselves were moving on to newer roles. And the, it was hit and trial. Everybody who I knew was also making similar kind of mistakes. And this was what, 2008, 2009, 2010. And then I ended up joining a startup with somebody else. And I spent some time with them where I realized that, you know, in a startup, you can only work if you truly connect with what the purpose of the organization is. It is not about your skills. It is not about, in a, in a small startup, what I mean, 
it is not about that you are a good business manager it is not about that you can design processes it is about that you believe in what the company is doing and you eat dream and sleep that which i was not doing so i was probably a good business manager but i was not eating dreaming and sleeping the purpose of the organization right so i opted out from there as well and these were you know three back to back opting outs from three workplaces it's not a very happy thing to it's uh, not much of a choice you know when they say when you are pushed to the corner then there is not much left except being courageous so maybe that's what i was <laughs> that's what i was doing then uh, the first startup idea that came to me happened and it came from a personal need and that was unlearn that i realized that my journey was not taking shape the way i would have wanted it to and there are so many other people whose journeys are not taking shape the way they would want to especially youngsters because by then the first breed of uh, new managers had started coming out from these uh, wonderful schools business schools so i set up unlearn but i could not take it up the way i wanted to i struggled this was my first venture i closed it down uh, started uh, you know uh, doing some consulting or consulting jobs then the second idea came to me and a friend of mine we joined hands he quit his job well paying job and two of us started sports pasta this was in the domain of sports so i have always been very fascinated by sports a huge sports fan across uh, sports from formula 1 to cricket to hockey to you know women's hockey or uh, olympics soccer everything i would follow so i had some understanding of sports and how the sports landscape in india is we chose a geography and we said we'll do this the idea was to uh, create a uh, an application where sports people could record whatever they are doing and it will help them use that data in their lifetime that's how we started you know this was early days of linkedin also okay uh, in india at least as we moved on we realized that this is not something that is needed in creating value what will create value is if we create a platform where talent could meet opportunity that's that was a pivot and it it doesn't you know it doesn't come to you on one particular day it's a journey that you take so i spoke to about i would say 3000 people in that one one and a half year uh many of them sports people who have represented india have few olympians former asian champions and all kinds of medal winners and players and parents and children who are playing sports coaches and what not and in that ecosystem what came out is the need emerged so an idea for a startup is not something that you know uh, you wake up one day and you say okay let's do this it emerges as you walk uh we did this for two and a half years we realized that we couldn't get the investments that we were looking for so it was extremely painful to shut it down it's like it's like leaving your own child Mm-hmm. it's it's so painful i can't even describe that mm-hmm. one of the most painful things i've done in my life then because i am a traveler i used to tell a lot of stories to my daughters and i mm-hmm. would travel they would ask me what lake is this which river is this what fort can we see there what crop is this and so on you know when we would try what landscape is this so this used to give me and i am an early user of gps this gave me an idea that why can't this gps tell us stories as we drive So I used to think about this for very long, many, many, many years, and I shared this with my friend, my partner. He's a long-time friend of mine. He jumped and he said that this can very well be done. 
technologically this is possible that google maps could tell you stories so we quickly put together a product and created an application and rolled out it was a world class product at least in the look and feel part of it and then we realized that getting users is extremely extremely difficult so we struggled for two years we reached out to all kinds of people influencers and common people and students and travelers and what not but we could not crack the puzzle of creating content first and then getting people who will create content or getting content creators first who will create content and then people put it out so there is this idea of creating artificial content that you populate the application with a lot of content first and then let people use it because once they become consumers they will start consuming it. okay so this was the puzzle that we were trying to solve we were not able to do it and that's when that closed down another you know failure or i wouldn't call it failure right? it was uh, more of we were not able to do it and uh, because we gave our best then again unlearn started and this started with my journey on linkedin and here i am talking to you all right um so i think that we can definitely say for sure that you've had a very varied experience across different fields and uh, you know had a lot of different learnings across them and i think you've uh, beautifully brought that out in a in a form of a story narrative as well um but if i were to ask you what would be the most important lesson that you learned from your corporate life uh, and you put it to use in your startup life what would that be like so uh I moved out of National Dairy Development Board and was to join Ramco Systems because I was managing technology and Ramco was a fast growing company in the technology space ERP space this was 2003 and uh, we discovered that we are going the family way and my wife was advised complete bed rest so I was supposed to move to Chennai for that position so I said I'm not taking this because I need to stay back with my wife I declined the offer with Ramco I had quit from National Dairy Development Board, and I had no job on that. So, that and I was serving. I got from a placement consultant, and he said that meeting uh, in Pravadevi, which is about twenty kilometers from where I live, and I said, "Sure, I can be there." And who am I supposed to meet? And he said, "There is this insurance company which is coming up." He didn't give me a name, some insurance company. So I said, "Okay." And what is the job about? He said, "It's about sales." I said, "Okay." So I speak. I spoke to my boss, then boss in uh, National Dairy Development Board. He was a very nice person. He asked me, "Do you want to work in sales? You were working in technology management. You took up a job with Ramco, which is a technology company, and uh, here is this job which is coming in sales. Do you want to do it? Uh, you think you can do it? Kind of, you know, those questions. He so he sowed the seed of doubt in me. Okay. I don't know where I had heard this, but what I told him is that laddu hath mein aayega tab tay karenge kya karna. Right. So I just sat on my bike. I drove to that office. I uh, met them. It, it it was like barely fifteen twenty minutes that they liked me and they made me an offer there itself. And I was supposed to join within three days. So when I came back, then I said I want to do this. Not again because I wanted to do this because this was the only option that I had. I had left Ramco. I had left NDDV, and this was the only thing. And that's how my journey started. What I learned through Chika in this process is that we have a lot of transferable skills, and we have a lot of non-transferable skills. 
Unfortunately, what happens is we tend to focus on the non-transferable skills more because they are to do with the industry that we are working in. They become our identity because if I am a banker, I think that I know banking. If I am an insurance person, I think I know insurance. If I am into technology, if I am into FMCG, I tend to think that this is what I know. What we forget is that non-transferable skills are what make us a good manager. Absolutely. The non-transferable skills are our people skills, our operation skills, our understanding skills, our listening skills, our skills of documentation, our skills of you know understanding a business interrelation interrelation uh, between interlinkages between various departments, our understanding of finance, how money is managed, our understanding of how sales is done. So whether I'm selling a pen or I'm selling a computer, the basic principles would remain the same. This was the first time I focused on my transferable skills. And I, I built a career in that. Absolutely. And uh, the proof is in the pudding, as they would say. We, I've been going through your website, following your posts on LinkedIn. And I think there's so many valuable lessons that you share. So um, you. you had a couple of seeds of doubt sown in. I think that, uh, and that we focus on the non-transferable skills. I think this is something that happens to people across the board. So how would you suggest that a student or a professional looking to pivot would know if they are capable or ready to make that kind of shift in their career? Uh, see, I always say that we tend to, we tend to have a dream job. You know, especially when you are in business schools, you have this idea of that, I want to work with McKinsey, I want to be a consultant with PwC, I want to join Bain, I want to join you know, uh, Hindustan Lever, Hindustan Unilever or Coca-Cola and so on. What this does to us as individuals is that, or I want to be a banker, I want to be an investment banker and this is the best company in investment banking and this is where Goldman Sachs is where I want to go and so on. What it does, Ruchira, is that it overshadows our own identity. Company's identity becomes larger than ours. And we tend to draw our identity from the organization's identity. This then makes us focus on our non-transferable skills. Because every time you ask one pers a person like this, they'll say, hey, I work with Citibank. I work with Standard Charter. That's the introduction they give in clubs, they give in meetings, they give in, you know, when uh, somebody comes to visit campus also, they'll say, hey, I work with Citibank. And people are fascinated. They look at them, oh my God, I want to work with City one day. It's good. Everybody wants to do that. Instead, if you start saying that I help City manage their card business or I help Standard Chartered manage their assets business. If I can do that for Standard Chartered, I can do that for anyone. I can do that for Mutut. I can do that for Bandhan. I can do that for ICICI and so on. Then the focus is on you, the individual. Till the time you keep deriving your identity from the organization, the insecurity will be there. But the day you start believing in yourself that it is I or it is me who's contributing to the making of this organization, then the insecurity goes away because then you know that you can do something. Absolutely. And I think that in the post-COVID world, a lot of people have been coming to the realization that their entire lives, they derived their identity from their work. And when they were forced to stay at home 24-7, they began to explore the different sides of them. And that's why there are a lot of these passion projects, hustle side hustles that came into being. So um, a lot of people are turning that into their full-time career as well. What would your advice be to people who are planning to pursue their passion right now and pivot into making that as their career? 
you can either live your fears or you can live your dreams. I think that sums it up in in one quick line. So, uh, all right. Uh, my next question would be to you: Is that in when we come to your profession as, right now as a career coach? So, how would you suggest that uh, any student or professional looking to become a career coach? How would they know what is the right time to switch from whatever job they had and make a transition into becoming a career coach? So. Uh, let's understand this that uh, can we learn from sachin tendulkar how to how to play cricket because if it was possible then arjun tendulkar his son would have become a fantastic cricketer now why i give this example is because there's something i learned from sachin tendulkar so when he was retiring and it was a very emotional moment for the entire country we are a cricket crazy nation and he was on television he was asked to address a group of children 8 9 10 year olds and the anchor uh, as the anchors are looked at sachin and said that what message would you want to give to these young kids and there are these 20 bunch of you know 20 kids sitting there all 8 9 10 year olds and they barely know the stature of sachin in their life for them it's just somebody whom they see on tv and they're super excited i was very curious that what will sachin speak how do you address even a 10 year old what sachin said stayed with me and he said that there are 10 ways of getting out in cricket so when you bat next time try and hit the ball along the ground you would have eliminated one way of getting out that is getting out caught and i get goosebumps when i say this what i learned is that he could only share his failures so he could not tell how to hit a four he can't tell how to hit a six but that's that's something that comes naturally to him you know sharing success the sharing the formula of success is very difficult there's no formula everyone achieves success in their own way but avoiding failure or uh, avoiding pitfalls is what you can learn from others so if somebody wants to be a career coach then what they can do is they can accumulate a lot of such pitfalls in their life make a repository and then sit aur apni dukaan khol le uske baad aur bole ki ye galtiyan mat kijiye understood so the process of elimination is and the experience which you had allows you to empathize with whatever the person who's approaching you is thinking about and allow them to understand how they can best make the decision exactly see experience comes from mistakes and mistakes come from doing things right so. right so it's not something you can just sit in an armchair and just you know philosophize about that this is how a career should look like or something so um that that brings me to one more uh, aspect which is that in your firm that is unlearn.cool um what are some of the ways that you would you sort of you know frameworks or thoughts that you could share with someone so that they could start to unlearn their um, mental patterns and see what they're doing is what is where their passion lies see the common challenge is that all of us tend to uh, so we are social people and monkey see monkey do is what humans do and there's nothing wrong in that that's how we are program so and the kind of people that we meet in our families you know there's this uncle who'd come and say that are hamari sonu ki to icici bank mein naukri lag gayi hai hai na why aren't you looking for a job in icici bank and this this kind of hamara hamara raghav to iit gaya hai padhne ke liye hai na tumhe bhi iit dena chahiye zindagi ban jayegi so these are common statements that we hear and what they do to us is that they make us believe that there is only one way to success 
So the common established way in India currently is that you do, you clear your medical, you clear your engineering, you clear your MBA, you clear your child accountancy, and then you will go on to become something. Largely, it is this. In the last three, four years, this is changing. It is becoming acceptable to become a video content creator. It is becoming acceptable to be a travel blogger. It is becoming acceptable to, uh, to be a chef and so on. There are options which are open. What I do at Unlearn is when people come to me, the, the first thing I do is I understand their context. I understand their, you know, what their dreams are, what their aspirations are, what their limitations are. All of us have limitations. It could be financial limitations. It could be geographic limitations. It could be family limitations. And then I help them discover what can they do. What are the resources they have? What are the learnings they have? And how can they put them to use? So I don't prescribe. So if somebody comes to me and says that, hey, I'm looking for a job change. So I would not say that go on this particular site and do this and make a CV like this and do this. I spend time understanding what they are capable of. And I won't tell them that this is what you're capable of. I make them realize it. Because it has to dawn on them. They have to understand what I'm capable of. Once they do that, then they are more than willing to achieve it. That's what a coach's job is. Right. And actually, that comes to my next question very directly, which is that there are two words that are often used interchangeably, and that is career coach and career counselor. So in your opinion, what are the differences and similarities between them? There are three words which are So there is a counselor, there is a mentor or mentor, and there is a coach. So a counselor is somebody who works on repairing. So you trust the counselor, you go and you say that, so counseling is when somebody, school may counselor with it. So in class 11th, when the teacher discovers that a boy is trying to date a girl, what they would do is they would send him to the counselor. (laughs) This is the wrong thing to do. If a child is not studying and scoring very less, they would write a note in the diary and say that your child needs counseling and they would send them to. So uh, nothing wrong about this. Counseling is more to do with psychology. Counseling is more to do with, you know, bringing back people to what is an acceptable norm of thought. That's what counseling is. So, and there's nothing wrong in being extremes also. I personally believe that because there is no, there's no normal. Normal is a very dangerous word. Right. So that's what counseling does. Uh, In career counseling, what people do is they would just pay up someone and say that, why don't you write an SOP for me? Why don't you tell me which universities to apply? I have this much money, this much budget and so on. It could be for abroad. It could be for within the country. These are the MB institutes. A career counselor would do a match kind of thing for people. Okay. uh, And they also have these tests, which are called the aptitude tests. Uh, can I share a secret? So there is no science behind those aptitude tests. <laughs> otherwise, otherwise, you know, there would have been a magic potion which would have found out that who can do what. No, it doesn't work like that. Somebody would have done that for a famous politician would have told them that, no, you are not good <laughs> pursuing this. So many of them actually not one. No. So that's what career counselors do. Mentors, interestingly, are people who have walked the same path as you are walking. And they are a little ahead in that journey. Mentorship is an unpaid relationship. Mentorship is an unstructured relationship. Mentorship is where you walk into a 
a senior's room and ask them that I'm facing this challenge in the team. How do I do this? I'm unable to align with my boss's expectations. What do I do? I don't know how to, uh, I have not been promoted for two years. I am a little lost. What do you think I should do to? Because a mentor is someone who understands the culture of the organization because they, they have walked the you know, path before you. They are like five years ahead of you typically. And this person then guides you on what works and what doesn't work in the context. So a mentorship, the first experience of mentorship is when you, when you enter an engineering college or professional college where somebody tells you, you know, this is where the canteen is. This is what you do. This professor is scary. Don't miss a class for this particular professor. And this lab assistant okay. is very friendly. And the librarian is a very nice person. Go there and she'll lend you books and, and so on. That's what mentorship is. Sharing those secrets of the culture of the atmosphere of the place. Uh, this happens in organizations all the time. It's a very good thing to do. You can choose a mentor within the organization. That's the best. You can choose a mentor within the industry. But choosing a mentor outside the industry is a challenge. Don't do that. So if somebody is working in automotive, I would not recommend them to choose a mentor in the you know, software industry. But then that person knows nothing about what works in automotive. Right. Coach, on the other hand, is someone who doesn't prescribe. They help, the, they help to understand what you're capable of. And bring out the best performance. So to understand this, coaching came from the world of sports. Now imagine, who can train Virat Kohli in becoming a better batsman? Or a Harman Preet Kaur? Or a PV Sindhu? Or, you know, a, a Sanya Mirza? Who can train them? Or a Rafa Nada, uh, uh, Rafael Nadal? But they all have coaches. Don't they? Yes. So what do these coaches do? Is the question that we need to ask. So these coaches understand what challenge somebody is facing. And these challenges keep changing. So sometimes the challenge could be as simple as that uh, I am not enjoying doing this. Or maybe I am not enjoying the food that I am getting as a player. And maybe I am too tired of the travel that I have to do. How do I manage it? Then a coach comes in picture and helps the person manage the challenge. Right, so I Most think... people use mentoring and coaching. Right, that, that's true. Um, I think so. Basically, what I understood from your answer is that a coach is someone who helps bring br helps the person they're coaching bring out the best version of themselves. Not necessarily is someone in their field who's, you know, five years ahead, which would be the role of more of a mentor, as you mentioned. I, I yes. uh, completely understood that uh, the example was really very uh, poignant and relevant here. Um, so, you mentioned uh, just a few minutes ago that there's no one definition of success and that, you know, the landscape in India is changing in terms of accepting that there is not just one way of success. Now, as employees, we usually have KPIs to meet, appraisal cycles, but in the unstructured world of where you are doing something that you want to do, how do you quantify your success? कि लोग तीन चीज के लिए काम करते हैं पहली चीज दाम दूसरी चीज नाम और तीसरी चीज काम सो डिफरेंट पीपल हैव डिफरेंट रीजंस टू वर्क दाम जिसे हम कहेंगे इस पैसा सो पीपल वर्क फॉर मनी एंड दे हैव अ वेरी सिंपल डेफिनेशन ऑफ सक्सेस सेइंग दैट व्हाट इज द लेंथ ऑफ माय कार व्हाट इज द व्हाट आर द नंबर ऑफ बेडरूम्स इन माय अपार्टमेंट व्हाट कॉलोनी इज माय अपार्टमेंट इन व्हिच बिल्डिंग डू आई लिव इन एंड देयर इज नथिंग रॉन्ग इन दैट इट्स परफेक्टली फाइन so what's my bank balance 
where do i vacation so do i go to a singapore or do i go to khandala so that's one way of defining success the other way is where you say that i i'm more concerned about what am i creating for myself as in mera naam kitna ho raha hai the fame that i'm looking at and this happens in all professions we tend to mistake this ki this only happens in you know fame wale log film industry mein hain aur paise wale log corporate world mein aisa nahi so a doctor can work for money a doctor can work for name and a doctor can work for the quality of work that they are wanting similarly a teacher can do the same things similarly a banker can do all these things so you choose your definition of success the third one is where you say that i am more focused on the quality of work that i do i enjoy doing this this is what i like to do i want to make an impact in the banking industry i want to i want to you know in uh, try out cheaper processes of improving eyesights for people an ophthalmologist could say that i want to reduce the time for operations and so on so it's a very personal thing and it cannot be so ruchira for example could be saying that hey i want to work in a way where i create a name for myself and i have made an impact i have impacted a certain number of lives and these people know me whereas dushan could say that i am looking to buy a farm house outside mumbai and that's my focus and that's my definition of success in 10 years i need to have this so definition of success ruchira is a very personal concept it's not a social concept when you make it a social concept you end up doing things that others expect you to do and absolutely yaar tumne honda city nahi khareedi yeah i i think the, what i loved about your answer right now was the fact that uh, i think you're the first person to talk about how uh, success is personal and even if you are to quantify it in terms of uh, you know what you do success is something that can be a profession agnostic kind of metric as well it's not just something that's tied to your industry or your work in the workplace so i think that was a really valuable takeaway from your answer and uh, my final question ek cheez bolunga success ko social concept mat banaye right ki social concept hoti kya hota hai aap shaadi mein gaye aur log puchhenge acha aapne honda city kharidi hai civic nahi kharidi so this happened with me i walked into my office with a box of laddus and i gaadi kharidi thi maine nahi तो यू नो दैट टिपिकल इंडियन वे ऑफ सेलिब्रेटिंग कि भाई लड्डू खिला में अपने कलीग्स को और जिसने पहला लड्डू खाया उसने पूछा कौन सी ली तो मैंने कहा डिजायर दिस वाज द फर्स्ट मॉडल ऑफ डिजायर डिजायर आपको तो सिविक खरीदनी चाहिए थी बिकॉज़ एवरीबॉडी एट माय लेवल इन द ऑर्गेनाइजेशन हैड अ सिविक सो आई आंसर्ड मैंने कहा माथुर साहब आपको मेरी गाड़ी में नहीं बैठना है <laughs> like that, that expectation of what your success should look like is something um, that's a forced construct. Ah, I mean, you have to eat it. I understand. All right. Um, so, Dushan, coming to my last question in the knowledge nugget segment, um, what would be your advice as a career coach for professionals like me who are standing doing their MBA and sort of facing the crossroads of where they can move to next? आप कभी शादी में गई हैं जहां पे बहुत बड़ा बुफे होता है आजकल बड़ी अच्छी शादियां जो उसमें होती हैं नाइस प्लेसेस वेडिंग हॉल्स और पार्क स्ट्रीट पे दैट पार्क फेमस लैंडमार्क कोलकाता 
is they go uh, they pick up the plate in the buffet the first counter is where there is a lot of salad they pick up the regular cucumber tomato and uh, uh, onions whatever then they go to the long counter where there is a paneer some paneer lababdar paneer prokhasa then there is a dal then there is a seasonal vegetable then there is some rice then there is some raita or dahi bada and then they pick up there are two kinds of rotis uh, naan and roti they pick up that there is maybe a pickle and a papad and they stand in one corner and with some people they start enjoying that and then there is somebody clever like tochera jo apne haath ke andar ek done mein chhole dikhe liye ghumri hoti and this person sees tochera and says that oh my god where do you get that ye piche counter laga hua hai na us taraf and then there is another person who's carrying you know chinese bread and there is somebody else who's carrying a paneer tikka and there is somebody else who's carrying a, a pudina paneer tikka you know it looks green and it's, it's so fragrant it's such flavors amazing flavors and there is somebody else who's uh, enjoying chowmin there are so many things and this person with their plate looks at them and says that what have i done so ruchira life is a buffet my suggestion to people like you will be that for the first 5 years of your life and 5 could be 6 7 there's nothing wrong there's no rush now you have 40 45 years of uh, a work life ahead ahead of you uh, those with, with the longevity increasing that duration that you work will also increase so by the time you finish working it will be 40 45 years spend about 5 6 years trying to see what is there in the buffet what does life have to offer you don't commit yourself to i just want to be an investment banker don't commit yourself to be that i just want to be a consultant i just want to be uh, a technology management person or something cheese and dekhi aaram se logon se milie meet people understand from them what are they doing are they what what do they do at work what does it day look like at work you know a question we don't ask is we look at people when we meet our friends and this is what will happen to you also two years from now when you meet your friends the first thing you will see when you meet them in a in a cafe or at an airport is what phone are they carrying what handbag are they is she carrying a louis vuitton is the question that you will ask oh my god two years in a louis vuitton she definitely is doing great <laughs> don't do this instead ask what does your day look like ask what are you learning what is the kind of people that you meet what is the kind of impact you are making these are the questions to ask spend time you have the luxury of this our parents my parents did not have this luxury they just started working in a domain that they started and they finished their career with that i had the luxury or my generation had the luxury of changing we still did not have the luxury of deciding before entering that space you people belong to a generation where you can take a walk in the buffet and taste a little here taste a little there you know pick up some from something from somebody's plate and say that hey I want this looks interesting i want to taste this do we do that or not when we step out with friends absolutely i think this analogy really just brings a lot of clarity to the fact that we as a generation are emerging as people who are able to make that informed choice so the whole point is to not give in to the fomo not look at what other people are doing but to take time to make that decision which would as you say impact about a good 40 years of our life as well so i think that was a very valuable way to end the knowledge nugget segment and uh, we'll move on to the network and chill rapid fire section so if you're ready then let me know and i will start shooting my questions 
can't be ready here all right so the first question is what did you want to be when you were a child and why a truck driver because oh, i was right. very fascinated by trucks the way you used to travel so i loved being on the road when i was and the first word i spoke as a one and two year one and a half year old i think was truck <laughs> that's really sweet uh, the second question is what's your favorite productivity hack for entrepreneurs a productivity hack is uh, understand your biology clock so i had shared a ted talk on this and it is about we all have a, bio, uh, a biological clock and once we understand that what's our most productive time when when do we get you know the best ideas once you understand yourself then you will be able to be more productive than anybody else okay i will definitely be sure to watch that ted talk the third question is what do you wish that you knew before you started your career I so wish that I knew that I could, I could become whatever I want. Okay. Uh, the fourth question is: What is a must-read book that you would recommend anyone trying to self-introspect? So I'm not a reader myself, but uh, what I suggest is uh, Dr. Richard Feynman or Mark Twain. These are people who who are way ahead of their times, and they. So read any of the Mark Twain books, or read uh, "Surely You Are Joking, Mr. Feynman," and it opens up possibilities in your mind. Okay. And my uh, last question to you is: because you mentioned you were a student of culture and history, if you could have coffee with any historical figure, who would you choose, and why? Oh, that's a tough one. If I could have coffee with any historical Mark Twain, Mark Twain, it would be Mark Twain is said to have done what twenty-two professions before he became a writer. Right. That's very appropriate. <laughs> Uh, well, it's been such a pleasure to have you over here, uh, Dushant. I think our listeners will have so much to take away. I certainly have been scribbling away during our interview and have taken away a lot. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you, Ruchira. Thank you so much for having me over. This was a wonderful, invigorating conversation and a best start to a morning. I must say. I wish Thank you all the best with the amazing work that you do. Thank you so much.